Hello everyone and welcome back to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joe's, we're talking about recent news and recent acquisitions, as it is our Relaxed Fit episode. We definitely need to think of a real name for this section because we don't own the rights to call it Relaxed Fit. That's a totally other podcast thing that I just <laughs> swapped in the heat of the moment. Much like naming Cobra La a placeholder that sticks forever. Uh, we got to think of a new name for that bit. Uh, so, all right, enough small talk. Let's get to the news. <laughs> <laughs> First news item. G.I. Joe movies are set to release in 4K. Uh, both previous live-action G.I. Joe movies, G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra and G.I. Joe Retaliation, are getting 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray releases ahead of Snake Eyes. So, these movies have been available on Blu-ray for quite a while. I mean, since they came out originally, they released on D- in DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, this is the first time that they are actually getting a physical release. Um, I looked, and you can actually purchase a streaming uh, 4K version of these for quite a while, I guess. But this is the first time that they're putting the uh, physical versions on disc. And looking at it, it looks—it doesn't look like there's anything new. It looks like they have the same special features. It looks like they have the same... I mean, it's the same content through and through. But it's just a physical release of the 4K disc. Which is actually kind of interesting because we're in a bit of a decline in terms of physical media. Uh, as many distributors have come out and say, and they're saying that they're going to stop making Blu-ray players. Or you know, CDs are practically a thing of the past now. So this might be your last chance to get a physical version of a movie that you probably don't love, but <laughs> get it before you can. Never get it ever again. Um, Jaron, I don't. I'm not going to open this up too much. But have you seen both of these movies? Yes, I I have. Uh, I actually enjoyed them as the movies. This was obviously before I was really into GI Joe, uh, so I'll I'll probably actually end up buying these because I don't own them and I do like having physical copies of movies. Yeah, so I'm gonna buy both of these. Also, I'm not gonna get into how I feel about the movies. That's a whole episode into itself. <laughs> um, but I did. I bought both of these on Blu-ray. I have Retaliation in 3D because I owned a 3D TV at that time. Nice um, and. I don't know. I just, I'm a sucker for stuff like this. I don't hate these movies and I would regret not getting them. They retail on Amazon for $19.99, which is not bad for a 4k movie Mm -hmm. despite its age. So I went ahead and pre-ordered them. I'll just add them to the, my little, I got a little media shelf of GI Joe DVDs and Blu-rays and I guess now 4ks. And uh, Jaron, have you seen, this is unrelated to this news item, but have you seen the animated movie before? Mm, Like the, like the eighties animated. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> ah, you would you would you would remember. <laughs> I'm excited to watch that with you because it is uh, uh, quite the trip, quite the journey. Um, I did want to bring this up because this was the, one of the first things that I researched. Is the GI Joe Retaliation release that's coming out is the theatrical release. When this movie came out on Blu-ray, uh, Best Buy had an exclusive version that they sold. And it's called the extended cut, which is basically an unrated version of the movie. It's not really what I would call substantially extended. The theatrical version of Retaliation is one hour and 50 minutes. The extended cut is two hours and three minutes. So uh, looking at that, you would think, well, I'm not really missing out on that much. But it's very important as someone that has like analyzed these movies far more than I should have, I guess, that 
the extended cut of retaliation is, first of all, unrated. They've at, <laughs> I don't want to say they've added violence to it, but the the combat that's in it is more bloody, basically. Like they either added blood effects or they took them out to get that PG-13 rated. I don't know which came first. And it's also re-edited. So not only does it have extended footage, some of the footage is in takes place in different places, in different order, or the scenes go on a little bit longer. And if you've never seen the extended cut or maybe aren't aware of it, it's a must-see. I'm not going to say that it will change the way you look at this movie forever, but I would fight aggressively that it is the definitive way to watch the movie period like it is the best version of the movie so it's kind of a bummer that the 4k movie version of it is not this version like still the only way you can see this movie is to buy the best buy blu-ray or it does look like it's available on like it's i don't think it's streaming well it's streaming in the sense that you can buy it on amazon but you can't just go watch Mm -hmm. it for free anywhere uh they have it on amazon for you can own it for eight bucks. So, but it's again, it's just the regular version. Anyway, uh, when we cover the movies, I'll talk about it more extensively because I watched them both, and then I watched a bunch of like coverage showing like what the changes are, and I will probably never go back and watch the original one because it's so much better. So anyway, I thought that was worth bringing up. That even though I am very excited about getting both of these in 4K, it is a bummer that the Retaliation Extended Cut is not included on a on a disc that literally can hold as many movies as you want. There's no reason they couldn't have put them both on there. They have just simply, I guess, anticipating that there won't be that much interest. And they're probably, I mean, it's like, it's pretty transparent. They want to capitalize on the snake eyes movie. So they're just like, Hey, let's put out these other old turkeys and see if we can get some people to buy them again. And here we come. And, and here, like, here I am. Here I am. lining up right now. So, um, those are set to come out on July 20th, 2021. So get ready. Might be a good time to go in and talk about those movies. We might do a special on those uh, as a good lead up to the Snake Eyes movie also. Heck yeah. Uh, we'll see if we can, we might be able to squeeze that in somewhere as on the upcoming on the upcoming episodes. So, and speaking of leading up to the Snake Eyes movie, we're the only media outlet that hasn't talked about the Snake Eyes movie trailer yet. So here we are to give you our opinion after everybody else has given you theirs. Jaren, do you want to watch this trailer with me real quick and then we'll discuss it? Heck yeah, I do. Which are we doing the original yeah, release or are we doing the let's just do the original one. Okay, so um, before we get down into the like 
nitty gritty of this trailer. Are there any bigger questions that you have? I know when this first came out, you were like, Hey, I got questions. And then I was like, all right, well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk about it when we do our review of this trailer the day it comes out. And now here it is like weeks later. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the first one was, so they changed his ethnicity. Yeah. You know what? I don't even, I'm not even really going to get into that. If you have an issue with the fact that they're changing the actor that plays Snake Eyes, then we're, we're just not on the same page. Um, it's a common trait across all movies and uh, across the board because the origin in general has is obvious. This is a reboot. It's a complete reboot. The origin isn't anything like the comic book. There are very few parallels to the story that we know. And, I mean, guess what? There's a lot of that in the G.I. Joe universe, which has been rebooted multiple times across multiple media formats. And this is no different than that. There aren't, I mean, how many superhero movies or movies that are based on a media property follow it to the T? Um, few, if any. I mean, almost no Marvel movies. Uh, they, might no. Get, they might get some keynotes, but they... You know, they change it to make it more accessible to a wider audience. Uh, and I don't hate them on that. I get it. They want it to be successful. I want it to be successful. If that means you have taken a different route, hey, man, take it. Try it. I'd rather, I don't know. I want it to be successful. I don't care what changes. Um, it's just another, it's just a retelling. And, you know, so, all right, what else you got? That was a big one, um, which, I mean, I don't care. I think representation matters. And, you know. I think it's great. Like you said, there's multiple different iterations of these characters already. What's another one? Uh, this is kind of my first first time getting to experience something new, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, so I'm going to scroll through here and just... So is it just me, or does it seem like he's not going to be in his helmet the whole movie? Yeah, I think that's a given. Uh, it looks like... Well, and the only exception to that might be because... When they show the helmet, it does look a lot like a motorcycle helmet. So I thought, well, maybe mm-hmm. he wears it in you know one of the many motorcycle scenes that we see in this in here. But I mean, I I'm gonna take a guess and say he it will experience no disfigurement in this movie. So the helmet that was gonna be my next question was yeah. that if you thought maybe he'll put in the helmet, but he won't be that disfigured. Yeah. Or if maybe he'll he'll his vocal cords vocal cords will make it through unscathed no i'm gonna go on record and say none of that's gonna happen that it's just it's tough to make a movie with a character that doesn't speak and it's also hard for a movie company to go we want to go i'm I'm, i can never not use this as a reference we want to hire toby mcguire to be (laughs) spider-man and they're like okay well he has a mask well, can you guys make him take his mask off all the flipping time? Because we paid a lot of money for him, and we I, we yeah. want people to see him. And Henry Golding is that times 100 because the ladies love Henry Golding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a handsome dude, so they want to show that mug off. And, like, that's not for nothing, man. Like, if you are – if your significant other is – and I can use my wife as a perfect example. She's She would look at this movie and go, eh, okay, maybe. But then Henry Golding's like – Hey, it's me, Snake Eyes. And she's going to be like, "Mm, okay, let's watch it. So they're trying to broaden the demographic a little bit. And it's no different than hiring some, you know, cheesecake 
girl that is, you know, flaunting the goods to entice the male audience, in my opinion, except uh, Henry Golden is universally handsome. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't think he puts his masker helmet on much uh, or not until the very end. I don't think we're going to see any disfigurement. I don't think he's going to lose his voice. Again, if uh, try to imagine a movie where... Henry Golding gets loses his voice in the first five minutes of this movie, and there has <laughs> has no way of communicating with other people. You can't evolve a story like that. Uh, it's beyond challenging. It's borderline impossible. So you have to understand that that's a a, 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 a not an obstacle that they have to overcome. And that's not to say that that won't ever happen. It's you know as he's maybe not the the feature character of a G.I. Joe universe that we hope is continuing. Maybe that will, you know, get becoming development in the, whatever is next for the series. Hopefully, you know, something good. Yeah. You, in a movie like rise of Cobra retaliation, you think as is in it and doesn't speak because there's a whole full roster of characters that can, you know, move the plot forward for him. But when he's the only character, he has to, he's going to have to be a chatty Cathy for a little bit. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they change actors whenever he gets disfigured because you don't want to pay Henry Golding just to be inside of a suit. No offense to Henry Golding, but he's not the best martial artist in the world. If you want somebody to go in and do that, you go and you get somebody like Ray Park, someone who, hey, you're gonna you're gonna make this guy physically awesome. Like he's gonna look like he is an actual ninja. Like. I don't know anything about Henry Golding. Maybe he is. Maybe he's been training this whole time, and he's going to do that. But in my opinion, it looks like we're going to get a, uh, a uh, Into the Spider-Verse, where he gets that costume in the last little bit. Mm. I think he'll put on that helmet for that final fight. He'll have the what is it, morning light, I think, is the mm-hmm. name of his sword. He'll have that, and I think that'll be it. But I, I agree. I don't think that they're going to do it. Because, I mean... The only way you could is you would wait until the very end, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna end your movie with, oh hey look, he <laughs> right. got acid on his face oh, and somebody no. cut his vocal cords. Roll credits. <laughs> Check it's out the, the next movie. It's the post credit scene. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he bought like a slushy from Sonic and it freezes his vocal cords <laughs> and they shatter. Um, somebody spills their coffee on his face. Yeah. So. What else is cooking in this trailer? We got to see Kiko a lot in this trailer, which I think is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like that she is supposed to be more of like a confidant to Storm Shadow and not the love interest that we kind of originally expected. I am uncertain about how I feel about the, her death, like something that everybody has kind of been saying. I don't want to say I'm going to backpedal on it, but um, I think she just isn't as directly involved in the story as we thought would be my guess. But I mean, I could be wrong. There's certainly nothing in here to suggest that she's anything other than like a, a just another Arashikage warrior on the clan that they kind of fill out their ranks with. Mm-hmm. I will also say this, having watched this trailer and read the leaked spoilers that came across and I won't list any spoilers here. It does coincide. I've, I understand what has been leaked well enough to match it up to what I'm seeing in this trailer. I don't think it's perfect, but I do think it's it's legit. See, I haven't I haven't actually read the leaks. Okay, well, I mean, I'm not going to get into it. I'm trying to stay free. Yeah, until the movie's actually out. I, you know, I don't want to cover it, but I definitely have 
some mixed feelings about it. Let's let's take let's we're jumping around a little bit, but let's I'm gonna look at it from the start. So in the beginning, they are attacking this. Uh, what do you call it? You're a car dude. What do you call the thing that moves all the cars? I just always call it like a transport. I don't. Okay, well, they're on. They're fighting. Uh, Snake Eyes is fighting a bunch of other ninjas on top of a car transport on the highway that's moving. Hard to say if these guys are red ninjas, night creepers. They're, I mean, they're all dressed in black, and I'm not really sure. Like, if it's an opposing clan. Yeah, the more I study it, the less I understand it, really. <laughs> but there's a bunch of dudes on this transport. Uh, it shows a Kiko jump up, like, in between some cars and kind of jump in there and help him. The car that they're uh, driving in that gets into a fight on the highway, Storm Shadow is driving and Snake Eyes is in the passenger seat. He pops out and has his signature Uzi. You can see in this shot, if you if you still frame it, that he's in the Snake Eyes outfit, minus the helmet at this point. Like, it's all black. It's all kind of sleek and smooth. He shoots a car, and it flips over as we, you know, that's that's how it happens. That's that's real. These guys look like they're wearing, like, actual, like, suits or tuxedos. Mm-hmm. Like, not like, uh, which, I mean, it could be trailer magic. Maybe they'll end up being actual night creepers you know yeah it wouldn't surprise me if some of this has been edited but then again sure they could not be cut to a scene of snake eyes descending a rope into this like cave that opens up this scene is part of his training montage or not montage but it's part of his where he's training with the arashikage at this point he is getting ready to face like a challenge i'm not sure how what how big of a part of the movie that is um but I know, I know what's in there because I read it. I won't tell you guys. And then we cut to the Arashikage clan. Then we cut to a shot of the Arashikage clan where Snake Eyes is kind of like standing before them. And you see kind of like all the, the basically the big, the major members of the clan are here. Uh, the blind master, the hard master, I'm pretty sure that's a Kiko. This older woman on the right is almost certainly Demon Granny, which is like the true head of the Arashikage clan, a character that has been like kind of implemented in the IDW run more recently. So we get the gist that he is joining their group, cut to a short scene where Storm Shadow is facing off with, I'm not sure who this gentleman is on the roof. It might be one of the other masters. It's hard to, even in slow motion, it's hard for me to figure out who's who. And then we're cutting back chronologically to snake eyes arriving at the Rashikagi compound storm shadow is asking snake eyes to join the clan and help him cut to snake eyes unsheathing morning light the beautiful sword of beautiful of the beautiful sword of beauty (laughs) (laughs) and then it's a really nice looking sword yeah it's a it's pretty sweet um and then cut back to the training session that i was referring to earlier yeah, you see him with the blind master where he's kind of giving him some a little bit of a pep talk and then Henry Golden does this sweet backflip which is he did on his own I saw in multiple reports that he did a lot of stunt training we see some great weapon handling by Akiko who is wearing a kind of a different outfit in this shot I didn't really notice this on her figure I had mentioned she wears a lot of black and white kind of as a contrast to Snake as a Storm Shadow but in this outfit it's almost completely black is that just a coincidence? 
I don't know. But hmm. I'm going to put it on record in case it becomes kind of a, in case it is something of importance later. Then here's a quick shot of Scarlet fighting somebody somewhere. <laughs> kind of no context to this at all. I don't know. She looks like she's in a a bathroom, maybe. There's definitely yeah. there's like a bunch of mirrors and there's a sink. Sinks. Some, yeah. It looks like a very modern building. It doesn't look like it fits in with the motif of like the Arashikage clan. So I don't know what that's. You know, they don't talk about her a whole lot in this. So I'm assuming she's not in the movie a considerable amount. Then a couple frames faster, there's a shot of Scarlet again from, you see her hair from behind as she's shooting into a bunch of, uh, again, ninjas, some of which look like they're holding guns, which is kind of interesting. Maybe those are Cobra operatives because the very next frame, same background, is her facing off with Baroness. It's one of the only shots we get of Scarlet in her full outfit, and it's the literal only shot of Baroness. Yeah, okay, so 43 seconds. Baroness is holding a gun on Scarlet. They're like facing off mm-hmm. each other. In the background, there's like dudes in black. <laughs> it looks like that dude's stomach is sticking out. Do you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude's laying down. He's like, dang it. This is going to be. Poor gut viper. <laughs> <laughs> so. I actually like the way Baroness looks here. I do too. I wish she had her glasses on in this shot, but still great. Yeah. The, her facial expression here is dynamite. It makes me think that they definitely have run into each other before. Like, it's like mm-hmm. it, what I read it as was like a huh, fancy seeing you here. Yeah, it looks like they're definitely, I mean, they're obviously at some sort of ninja compound. It, only two options either Baroness is running a ninja clan or Cobra operatives are in disguise as ninjas for some reason. Like, she clearly is with those guys that are all gunned down mm-hmm. in the back. And they're they've they're having a face off here at this compound. A second earlier at forty two, there's that shot of Storm Shadow screaming on that rooftop. Mm-hmm. It is. It seems to be set in that same shot on that rooftop from the fight earlier. So, my guess is he killed some dude right there, and he's very conflicted. The neon sign is definitely a dead giveaway that that that's the kind of the same environment. So whoever that dude is. I don't think he makes it off that rooftop. Cut to somebody, don't know who, is holding a some kind of orb that's lighting up red. And one of the buildings, like the top floor, is exploding. I didn't catch this. This is the one you were talking about. Yeah, so this has been a little bit overlooked. but um, Definitely. This is an important part of the story in the sense of motivation. I don't think it's supposed to be like the main part of the plot but there are, i think this is why there's so much conflict in the movie is that everybody's trying to get possession of this artifact that has the power to i don't know, blow stuff up i guess or <laughs> has has some kind of undetermined power but i think that that shot is very telling and is not referenced at all anywhere else but i think that we'll see a lot of the movie revolving around the pursuit of whatever that is. And maybe like the Arashikage are guarding it or are seeking it, but I think that's going to be how it all kind of ties together. And then that means that Cobra will is wants it. It's a no, that's a no brainer. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how you loop them into it somehow, you know, toward maybe towards the latter half of the story. I would love to see just like an end credit scene with Cobra commander. 
Yeah, maybe post credits there'll be some uh, some kind of tease about it. That's, where yeah, like, fairness I is just reporting. See just like give me the mirrored visor. Like mm-hmm. don't nothing. Just like have like a like have him turn around and you see his faceplate. Back to two ninjas facing off in the car scene. Cut to the iconic Snake Eyes motorcycle helmet, which, and then which Henry is seeing for the first time. He makes this look like, oh, I'm gonna have to wear this. <laughs> Cover my pretty face up. He's like, I'm going to put this on because I'm on a new level. (laughs) I listened, dude, so I heard this song. I'm a sucker for music that's used in trailers in general. I was like, Mm -hmm. all right. I was like, this kind of bops. I could maybe write stuff to this, like in my my head. So Mm -hmm. so I'm like, what's the name of this song? All right. I looked it up. Guess what the name of this song is? I'm on a new level. It's called New Level. It's oh. not Ferg. So I was like, all right, let me throw this on Spotify. Doesn't sound anything like this. Has none of that like backbeat at all. It's not a good song. I mean, it's not a bad song, I guess. But <laughs> it's not a good song. It doesn't have any of the like jam that's in this. Like that dun 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 dun. That's not part of the song. They just, I don't know. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Only in theaters July 23rd, Dolby Cinema and IMAX. Hey, let's take a quick second to see if I can still rent a theater. I saw it the other day. I was looking I was looking on uh at the local the theater right next to your house and it's like there was one of the options that said uh rent a screen for up to twenty. Yep. As we get further and further away from pandi- the pandemic the pandemic, T M T M, um <laughs> it seems less and less likely like this is it's gonna be and you're not gonna have the ability to do this. So I wish it would stay. Just give me one where I can rent it out. All right, a it's private, so nice. a private watch party for twenty guests, two uh, D only. Let's see how far in the I mean, future. I think that's fine for the first year, so, right? So right as of right now, you're on, you can only book a private watch party at this theater today and tomorrow. <laughs> There's nothing else past that. So I don't know oh, if no. I don't know if that means they are reevaluating it or if they're ready to like close the gates on it because we are starting. There are I mean, looking at what's in theaters right now, Cruella is in theaters. A Quiet Place Part Two is a theatrical only release. Mm-hmm. Um, for some, I don't. There's my theater shows some weird spiral that Saw movie is on. Um, so it's going to be, I don't know, it, it'd be a real big cool thing if i could read the theater out for it and i'd be really excited but it's looking less and less likely that's going to be a reality i guess we'll we find out just, we should just call and be like can we go ahead and pre-rent this for these days yeah i'm, I'm my gut is that they are seeing how business is doing and if mm-hmm. business is continuing to pick back up they have no reason to do yep. uh to do it like this this my theater this theater for some reason is showing scoob a movie which has been out for a year, probably at this point, the Scooby—it's the animated Scooby Doo movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we watched it a very long time ago. I love that movie. I don't. I just. I don't. Why is this in the theater? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, they're doing a Fast and the Furious marathon as well. Maybe if I can't get, uh, maybe if I can't book Snake Eyes as a consolation prize, I would book it out and watch one of the other two GI Joe movies. Maybe I'll show the Retaliation Extended Cut. Because you can bring yeah. your because you can bring your own movie. Oh, you can. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, yeah. I'll just be like, oh. li- I'll just be like, listen, this never got shown in the theater. Now it will. Um, <laughs> not as exciting, but maybe it would be a cool like I don't know precursor. That's assuming that tomorrow isn't the very last day. 
for it. So, okay, so we've, we've made it through the trailer. We've seen some interesting stuff. We have some interesting theories. Before we move on, is there anything else? Is there anything about it that you want to talk about? I'm going to say, I'm going to give my prediction. I'm going to say my enjoyment of this movie is going to be an 8 out of a 10. I think that it's important that you have realistic expectations for what you're going to see. And that you, like all of these movies, your enjoyment's going to be directly related to how willing you are to just like go and have a fun experience and not be like not be the dude that's like no man kept their marvels patches on the left of her belt not the right of her belt if you go in <laughs> with that level of like strictness then you already know you're not going to enjoy it you you've seen this trailer it's not got what you're looking for and i get it to a certain point i would like it to follow a certain continuity but that's we're not the target demographic for this you have to appeal to a broad audience and the more people that don't know gi joe like we do will see this than people that do know a ton about gi joe like mm-hmm. that's there aren't a ton of diehard gi joe fans left in the world anymore period and because of that you can't make a movie for us. You have to make it so everybody will like it. Lots of people will like it. I really think that my wife is going to enjoy this movie. Like, she likes action movies. She likes people that look as good as Henry Golding. Like, I think she's going to thoroughly enjoy this. I think that my wife will enjoy this as well. And I think that's an extremely important factor that people that would not maybe normally enjoy this movie will enjoy it. And guess what? If it alienates the 500 diehard G.I. Joe fans that want this guy to have served in Vietnam and be 70 years old, that's a loss that the company is willing to take. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let let. One other thing that at the time of this recording, this trailer has 13 million views has thirty wow. has thirty six thousand thumbs up and uh, two thousand thumbs downs, so we know it's getting a lot of press. We know it's getting a lot of hype, and we know that the majority of the people that watch it are into it. So, I'm I mean I'm here for it. Again, I don't want to get too much into the plot, but there are some things about the plot that I'm a little iffy on. But I'm going to go in open minded. I really just want to go in and have a good time. And if there's really good action in it, and then. That's really all it's going to take. I don't need it to be a hundred percent authentic. Almost no GI Joe media is uh, the cartoons, and you know, Renegades is different. Resolute is different. They're all different in their own way, and you just have to. If you, there's something that you really don't like about it, you just kind of push that to the side and go, "Well, I do like this part about it," and that's how I am with everything GI Joe related. If I, you know, I take the things that I like, and I don't worry about the things that I don't like. My hope for this is that it's a modern version of classic, like, samurai movies or ninja movies. Definitely a lot of sword fighting. It looks like it's going to be that, and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. It's only, it's less than 60 days away at this point, so that's real cool. It's going to fly, because we got Joe Fest before then. We got, I think, uh, it's Kentuckiana's right before it, right? Or is it right after? Kentuckiana is the 31st. Okay, so, so it, it is directly after. So, but still, it's right on the heels. Oh heck yeah! Okay, it's a so, good time to be a GI Joe fan. So that's the Snake Eyes movie trailer, and well, I guess we'll see if they release anything between now and the actual movie coming out. Next news item. 
Hasbro to raise toy prices due to raw material costs. This comes to us from HisTank.com. Speaking to the investors during Hasbro's 2021 first quarter financial results conference call, the toy giant stated that the company will raise toy prices to counter the rising raw material costs. Hasbro Incorporated said on Tuesday it would raise prices of toys and games to counter higher raw material costs as the company sees surging demand for its Nerf blasters and board games from families spending more time at home. Shares of the Monopoly Maker, which late on Monday announced the sale of Entertainment One Music to Blackstone Group Incorporated, rose 1% in morning trading. So, have you seen anything that kind of like backs this up yet? You mean like the price is actually being increased? Yeah, so I think on Hasbro Pulse, those newest ones are twenty two ninety nine, right? Yep, that's specifically what I was referring to. Yeah, so I think I got in, and they're still twenty. I think we got in. Yeah, all my movie figures are still nineteen ninety nine. If you go to Big Bad Toy Store right now, so well, I'll break it down a little bit. If you walk into a store right now and you find a standard figure, Zartan, Lady J, Flint, anybody else that's out, it's twenty bucks in a Walmart, a Target, etc. If you go to BigBadToyStore.com. It's twenty two ninety nine. That's the standard. They charge a little bit more. It's always been that way. It's usually worth it, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. If you scroll down this list, you can see pre orders for all of the movie figures twenty four ninety nine on Big Bad Toy Store, which means that probably on the shelf they'd be twenty two ninety nine. Right? Does that stand to reason? Yeah. So there you have it. <laughs> You're looking the at about only. The only thing I will say about this whole thing is that they're, they, I mean, obviously it's going to come when, when the oil crisis increase, but they've been talking about this for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's not like just this newest spike is doing it. This is something that's been, as it's been increasing for a while, they've been talking about it. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to hear this and go, well, that's great news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I don't think it's a deal breaker. I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, it puts a pinch on the budget. And yes, if I'm paying three to five dollars more for a figure, you know, at some at a certain point, I've basically lost the cost of a figure. And maybe it's time for me to reevaluate my one to open, one to keep sealed policy. And, you know, at some at some point, certainly if the prices continue to increase, you have to factor in how much money you're spending on it. Um for stuff that you, you know, you have to determine how bad you really want it. It's easy to see this and go, greedy. They just want, they got something that's popular and they want more money. And then put a, you know, put a screen in front of that that goes, well, you know, materials are getting more expensive. We got to do what we got to do. Which may be the case. I don't know. But, you know, plastic does rise and fall. It's one of the reasons that the line was so small in the beginning. If you remember from our very first episode, you know, that's the reason they made them three, three fourths was because the plastic was outrageous. Mm-hmm. So I'm not ruling it out. And I mean, honestly, it's not like, I don't know. It's unfortunate. It's not a deal breaker uh, until we hit. I mean, if we start hitting like $30, then I will have to kind of be like, eh, maybe I really need to think about how much stuff I'm buying, but it's worth reporting. Cause if you go in there and you see it's gone up in price, you understandably it'd be like, why it's just kind of one of those things that like i'm saying this shouldn't come as a shock this has been something that they've been talking about on all their lines uh as far back as you know at least over a year ago i remember hearing about them uh 
talking about with the Star Wars Black Series, with the Marvel Legends, they were talking about raising the price on the base figures. And it's coming, you know. Mm-hmm. That's when you, you you know you started to see the exclusives; those jumped up in price. They're now like twenty five for any exclusive. Yeah. Um. For for other lines, at least I don't know. I don't remember if the GI Joes were that way. Um. Like the, I guess just the Storm Shadow, and then the Target exclusives. Those those are all twenty. So, but but for the other lines, a lot of them they were like uh, the Star Wars, especially they were, they jumped up to twenty five for exclusives. And, you know, hopefully G.I. Joe doesn't get hit as bad. You know, they only went up to twenty two ninety nine because they don't have to pay as many licensing. So maybe that'll be something that helps us out. But I don't know. I'm not shocked by it. I wish it didn't happen. I would love to continue paying only 20 for it. Yeah, I do think 20 is a sweet spot for it. And But I also was like, I mean, it's not like we expected the prices to go down, right? Yeah. So the, the only thing I will say is that man, it really makes me appreciate McFarlane uh, doing the DC stuff because I also collect it, and they're bigger figures, which means more plastic, and they're twenty bucks. So yeah, it does beg the the question. You know, it, will competitors do the same, or will they try to be competitive and keep it at the price point that it's at right now? Yep. Only time will tell. Next news item. Icon Heroes releases pre-orders for a whole bunch of other GHO stuff. So, Icon Heroes, if you remember from the our last Relax Fit episode, they're the guys that are doing the Snake Eyes sword opener, or letter opener, not a sword opener. If you open a, <laughs> if you open a sword, you just pull it out, it's open. Um, they released a bunch of other stuff that they've got that's kind of in the the land of the obscure so in addition to the letter opener that's coming uh fourth quarter this year they also have a business card holder for uh, with one's got a cobra logo on it and the other's got an extensive enterprises logo on it which i love Uh, although i mean unless you're patrick bateman from american psycho you don't see a lot of people with business card holders they've got a they've got two mouse pads one is snake eyes and one is storm shadow they have a cobra logo bookend that splits in half and they have a series of four two packs of enamel pins and two of them are san diego comic-con exclusives so i don't think we're going to spend a lot of time on this because such a fringe product but let's look at them real quick and let's do them in reverse order so what do you think about these enamel pins they're cool it's just i don't i don't have anything i would stick pins on i don't have like a bag or anything that i would put them on uh and i don't collect them of any other line so these will probably be a pass for me yeah i don't uh pros are the pins are the box art like it looks just like the box Mm -hmm. art and they look high quality they look very interesting cons i don't collect enamel pins there it's 30 dollars for two pins and that's it those are two those things are (laughs) strong enough for me to probably probably pass on them and i might get one set just so i can say i have them but you're i mean you're talking 30 60 90 i mean it's over 100 dollars to get the whole set and I just I can't justify that. I like it's it's too much for me right now. Yeah, like we have the we have the video of the domes on our YouTube. Mm-hmm. Go check that out. 
I can justify that. It was like five bucks each. Let's go ahead. And those are cool little figures. These, if I bought it, it would be to go on my G.I. Joe knickknack shelf. And it would sit there. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just with the rising cost of figures and with the increasing amount of figures coming out again, uh, it's 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 a lot on the budget to be throwing $30 on something that I is completely out of my wheelhouse. Now, these mouse pads, on the other hand, I actually kind of am leaning into. Um, I don't really have a need for a mouse pad at this point, but I might get one of them either just for collector's sake or maybe in the future I will need one. Um, I think they look pretty cool. Uh, it's kind of hard to determine the overall size, but I do like the aesthetic of it, even if I ha- don't have a need for it on my primary computer. It's 10 by 9. Yeah, I mean, and they're 15 bucks. you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good size. I'll I'll buy, I'm probably going to buy the Snake Eyes one because I do need a mouse pad at work. Mm-hmm. And I've almost bought one a couple times now. But I can, I can wait until this comes out. Yeah, same. I don't feel a strong need to pre-order right this second. Uh, we already talked about the letter opener. I am getting that. I, I don't know. I For just, sure. I just, I don't know. This is the one thing they pretty much got me on. Well, one <laughs> of two things, because I also want the extensive enterprises business card holder, even though I don't have business cards. I want this. I'll figure out something i'll make maybe i'll make cards for the show and i can hand them out in this there you go i uh, i do have business cards and i i give them out a lot now oh. so i will be purchasing one of these i just don't know which one i'll buy well i call dibs on the extensive enterprises one and they're only making right. one and i already pre-ordered it so <laughs> so i'll get the i'll get the cobra one then perfect the <laughs> and then the cobra logo bookend i actually do want because i have an entire bookcase of gi geographic novels and what and like resource books and stuff that we use for the show, like as reference, it's $70. So it's going to take a little bit for me to justify it, but I do think I would like it for the overall aesthetic for the what I'm doing with my room, like kind of the build. Mm-hmm. It also doesn't come out until the first part of next year, so I have a little bit of time to kind of like dwell on it, basically. Yeah, and those, like, they have an actual purpose. They're in, they're in the realm of feasibility. So. Sure. Anyway, that's all stuff from Icon Heroes, who I guess potentially could put out a lot more weird stuff that we've never seen before. I do like that they're doing this. I mean, it's okay for them to make stuff that I'm not into, uh, if you know somebody out there will be. And some of this stuff is a hit, so I say keep at it. Yeah, I mean, more GI Joe is good, right? I mean, sure. Break, bring out that Snake Eyes stapler, and <laughs> hey, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. That Storm Shadow hole punch, three hole punch. Just a full range of office supplies. Let's do it. All right, last news item. Batman Fortnite number two and number three. Seems like it would be a great disservice for us to talk about the first Batman Fortnite and then not follow up the one that actually has Snake Eyes in it. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk a little bit about issue number two because... So, because we've been following the story, and I don't want you guys to miss anything, and then we'll talk uh, in a little bit more detail about issue number three because that's where Snake Eyes actually appears. Darren, do you can you do a uh, recap of issue number two? So, issue number two, my elevator pitch is Groundhog Day, but with Batman. So basically, he's leaving little notes Bruce? everywhere on his body. Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm Batman? That's me, Ned. Oh, gosh. Sorry, that's my Groundhog Day joke. Continue. So uh, the the issue starts off with Batman, and he just kind of he kind of wakes up, and he, I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am, but apparently I planned for that. And it's just shots of him kind of looking at his gloves, at his gauntlets underneath, on his batarangs. He leaves coordinates and tells him places to go. He's got his own little shack in this universe, world, island. I guess it's an, it's an island in the game, so I would imagine it's an island now. So this, uh, this issue builds on, from the first, the relationship with Catwoman. So he finds her and, you know, gives, him a, gives her a batarang and is like, hey, the, bat's the f- bat is a friend. So she finds him the next round and then there's a montage of them kind of looking and trying to figure things out. They get a whiteboard in there for some reason they're fighting. He sees her die and he's sad. He, he, you know, there's a, he says she'll be alive next cycle. I tell myself that. And he, he knows he's in this loop. He knows he's going to forget things and he's like writing notes and they're trying to figure it out. So by the end of the issue, they figure out that hey, this circle is this circle is big enough for one person. They don't know what happens once it's down to one person. And that they every time the circle moves, they put a tracker down and see that hey, if you're inside the circle, it doesn't get hurt because they put something in where the circle is and it's still there the next round. So it it ends with him letting Catwoman out basically. Right, like he's he sacrifices himself so she can get free, right? Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of, she stabs him, which I didn't realize until I read it this time. <laughs> it looks like she's got a bloody knife. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she he kind of jumps out into the storm and lets it consume him. Before we move on to issue three, Jaren, I'd like to play a little game with you. In the digital book that I have, it's page seven. Okay. It's, a, it's like a half page spread of a bunch of people fighting. Mm-hmm. The game is, I would like you to name... <laughs> all the characters on this page if you don't know them and it's unlikely that you do i want you to create a code name for them okay so i know that the one is fish stick the one that's being held okay all right i think it's fish stick i'm pretty sure it's fish stick meow schools is the giant buff cat oh that's way better than what i would have thought of uh i think it's rainbow raider is the one kind of in the front with the llama and the rainbow colors uh-huh is it Cuddle Trooper? Is that the the pink bear? Bongo the bowling bear. Yeah. <laughs> what about the student? I, what about the student in brown and yellow? I, I can't think of his name. So I would say, I would say, Swiss Army Man for Swiss cheese. I'm impressed with how many Fortnite characters you know. I I got you know I got kids that pl- try to play Fortnite. So, mm. and I've actually bought a few of the figures because they're pretty cool. Yeah, I did notice that. Uh, maybe it's in the next issue, but Banana Man is in this, is like in the background Peely. of one of these. Peely, that's it. Yeah. Ring, 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 Banana Man. All right. <laughs> so we're going to, we'll discuss issue three together. It's Cuddle Team Leader. That's what it is. That's what the a, pink bear. That's a dumb name. <laughs> Just saying. I love Fish Stick and Meow Skulls. Those are good names. Meowskills is a dope name. Somebody yeah. somebody did some good work on that one. Good job, Jennings. That's a good name. <laughs> I, I named the cat Meowskills. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
fun, fun Fortnite side note for all of you that I know are listening to a JJ podcast to hopefully hear more about Fortnite. Uh, there's like multiple different versions of Meow Schools in the game. So there's like uh, him with like a mech suit. And it's just him as an actual cat driving a mech. Jaren, you're, you're like my youth correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> it's lit. <laughs> all right, you're fired. <laughs> all right, Batman Fortnite number three. Uh, we've all seen the cover. It's got Snake Eyes sneaking up on Batman. It looks incredibly good. There's a Jim Lee variant cover that also looks pretty good. Do you have that Jim Lee variant cover? I do not. I asked them to hold it at my local comic book shop if they could. And TBD, we'll see when I go pick it up. <laughs> Batman Fortnite number three opens up. This time not in the uh, inner monologue of Bruce Wayne, but instead through an inner office memo where people are observing what's happening in the loop and are expressing concern that Batman is figuring things out ahead of schedule, that he's customizing weapons, and like every time he goes through the loop, he's getting better, and he's starting to kind of have like muscle memory, uh, like he's kind of remembering, and they're concerned that he's going to figure out how to get out uh, before they're ready for whatever their like master plan is. So here's a shot of a bunch of other Fortnite characters that I don't know. Frogface and Angela too, and uh, a bunch of wrestlers. <laughs> Fortnite is Fortnite is weird. It it is the ultimate crossover. Ellen Ripley's in there. Aliens, Predators. Master Chief, the Mandalorian. None of them are in this comic. It's really worth noting that there, are, there this is exclusively Fortnite characters and and DC characters. Yeah. Right up until Snake Eyes appears. So over the course of these memos, it's suddenly like, oh hey, Batman is getting too good too fast. We have implemented something that we think can help slow him down. And you see a bunch of throwing stars that Batman reacts to. He spins around, and this mysterious stranger is striking at him with a sword. And he does a kick in the air, and he jumps over top of him. And then big two-page spread. It's Snake Eyes, everybody. Who can believe it? Who expected this? Everybody, because they've been building it for months and months. <laughs> um, I mentioned this before in the promotional art, but Snake Eyes has the like star and stripes logo on his shoulders. That's a that's a straight up classified figure. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. if that means anything to anybody, but this is 100% modeled off the the classified series. So snake eyes and storm shadow start fighting. It's hard to verbally describe what's happening, but they like, they, I mean, it's got a lot of combat in it. He knocks his sword loose. He kicks his weapon out They're hand to hand. They're very evenly matched. It's It's literally as if every time one seems to like, Oh, I've got the upper hand. The other one's like, ha ha, you thought, yeah, they are they are clearly playing into the concept that they don't want to play favoritism, which I'm pleased with. And it's a Batman-headed book, so I did expect at some point Snake Eyes would get it handed to him. But he, yeah. like, catches him, and then Batman flips him, and then they... He actually gets the the best hit, I think, that, that headbutt. I think yeah, is the the most clean hit that is in that I've seen, at least. Gives him a headbutt. Snake Eyes blocks his kick. The... The portal is getting smaller and smaller. They both dive for their weapons. I mentioned this before that Batman has like been creating stuff. He's made this weird bat weapon that's kind of like a I don't know how to explain it. It's like a long cylindrical thing. It has a battering that spins around on the edge, so it's kind of like his counter weapon. 
It's weird. <laughs> and then so at the and then it's the matches last twenty two minutes, and at the end of twenty two minutes, it resets because there's no clear winner. There's another big full page spread of them fighting again, as if they, you know, as if fighting for the first time. They don't. Everything's been wiped clean. Snake Eyes is shooting with his gun, and then Batman has got his grappling hook. He's throwing batarangs out, and there's big explosions. Other Fortnite characters are just literally like, "What have I gotten myself <laughs> into? I'm just a gelatinous blob." <laughs> <laughs> There's Rex, is one of my favorite Fortnite characters. That's the dinosaur guy, the oh, green okay. orange dinosaur guy. The inner office memo is like, hey, listen, I don't know. I've never seen anything like this before, but it seems like these guys are starting to like, they're learning. how, And they're like, how is this happening? So you can see multiple panels of them fighting over and over and over again in different matches. And the inner office memo is like, hey, I know you're watching something special. You know it. But could Beans with no memory longer than 22 minutes know? And the reason I ask is because all the other assets have stopped fighting. And then there's this great two-page spread where there are, it's like a big semi-truck. And I, I don't know what kind of car that is. And Snake Eyes is diving off the truck. And Batman's on top of the car. And they're diving at each other. It's just an outrageous shot where they're like really going at it. And everybody else in the Fortnite universe is literally just like, oh, okay, I'm going to watch this for sure. Like, they've stopped, everybody stopped fighting to watch them fight. So, emotional retention is the title of the, of the next memo, where they're like, we know emotions can carry over, and that isn't usually a problem. But rare exceptions like Batman, Catwoman, you know, they have no prior emotional connection. And this is hardly the environment to form one. But I guess what I'm wondering is, is respect an emotion? And as they're saying this, it's like Batman catches the like throwing daggers that Snake Eyes mm-hmm. shoots, and Snake Eyes catches the batarangs that Batman throws. Like they're just like they both are acknowledging, "Hey, you are exceptionally good at what you do." <laughs> um, the more it's just the more I watch assets Batman and Snake Eyes, the more I worry. I hope I'm being paranoid. I'm hoping you'll tell me as much. But better raise the question now than and wish we had later. We're all aware that assets often band together for the sake of convenience. But these alliances are ephemeral. When it comes to being the last one standing at the end of a loop, they know there can be only one, and they have no reason to care what happens to the others. Which is why I want to confirm with you that there's never been an example of beings from different origin points uniting for any significant duration, immediate cut, as Snake Eyes and Batman stop fighting, and they, like, grasp each other's hands, and they, like, he, like, pulls them up to the point to where they've, like, finally, something has clicked where they're, like, they are just two great fighters and there's mm-hmm. no clear winner between them. And they both have ultimate respect for that, S- which leads to them communicating with hand signals, uh, a sign, they like sign language that is unknown. Don't know if they are using something so obscure. that's never been documented before, or if they are making sign language that up themselves and these are two brilliant individuals maybe they are inventing their own sign language to communicate with each other and then the last panel of this is a like predator like hand Mm -hmm. grip where they're like bros for life (laughs) so they explain the situation to one another and batman is willing to stand aside so that snake eyes can win this game and ultimately leave it and as he as he steps into the portal they're like well Despite everything, Batman, this this tactic was successful because it bought us some time, just less time than we thought. Snake Eyes starts to vanish through the portal. He gives him a military salute, and then he's gone. 
Batman's like, okay, well, I'm going to go through the portal too, even though I guess he knows that, you know, he knows he's going to reset and has many times. And then they're like, well, we've got one other thing we can throw at him to slow him down. And Catwoman has returned and Deathstroke is now in the game and has got her held at gunpoint. To be continued. What happens next? Who cares? Snake Eyes isn't in it any longer. Go <laughs> listen to a Batman podcast. Unless he comes back and saves them all, it's none of my business. <laughs> See, the way I took it was that they they broke out of the simulation there when they won. Oh, well, I think that the concept with Catwoman was that they could only... Only one person could win, and when you win, you got to exit the simulation. Now I don't know how that means. I don't know how they pull Catwoman back in, but oh, see, I just thought that that was it was Snake Eyes and Batman. Batman was like, "Hey, dude, I got something I got to do." Snake Eyes was like, "All right, I respect that," and took the L. So Batman was the victor. So Batman actually got out. Oh, so that's why, because that's why Deathstroke is talking there. Okay, okay, that. Uh- no, that makes a lot of sense. And it's actually pretty cool that Snake Eyes would be like, don't worry about it, bro. I could just slaughter all these guys. Snake Eyes, I'll stay <laughs> just here. The next round. This is kind of fun. This is a good training. This is literally what I do in every episode <laughs> and issue of G.I. Joe. Don't worry about it. I'll decapitate all these fools. Yeah, that cat with muscles is no problem for my sword. That's uh, that's that's the end of Batman Fortnite. It ends at number three. Never own... <laughs> No, no, there are no other issues after this one there will never um, be another one i thought this was a pretty good uh you know we debated a lot about how this would unfold and uh don't think anybody had unrealistic expectations of what was going to happen and i thought they did a good job i do think there's a little bit too much i don't want to say filler but it's like big splash mm-hmm. page big splash page there's two full two page spreads like it eats up a lot of space yeah. But all the fighting is cool. There's a lot of really cool instances. I really like the part where they caught each other's uh, throwables. And, uh, yeah, I thought, I mean, like, Christos Gage, I think, is the man for it. And I think he did a good job, considering the circumstances. I, I mean, I couldn't have written it any better. That uh, that shot of, or that, that piece of art where he is saluting Batman, I love that. I would I want, like, an actual piece of art of that. Yeah, a lot of good stuff in this issue. Uh, and... It's a cool idea. I would love to see more stuff like this. If I'm talking about this series as a overall, and I am being a little jokey, I will read the rest of this run. I'm just mm-hmm. really not invested in it at all. Uh, I, There's we no just, need for us to cover it unless, like you said. We will not be covered any longer unless Snake Eyes magically returns and decapitates Joker in the last issue. Yeah, That was not a joke. Uh-huh. We will not be covering this. So if if we are your your comic podcast i am so sorry if you're trying to keep up with this <laughs> if we are your comic podcast i'm very sorry because we don't really cover a lot of comics um but we were talking before we started recording the other my other primary disappointment with this is there are no other tertiary characters it's only dc characters and snake eyes and my expectation was that it's fortnite which has hundreds of yeah characters. i mean like Where's John Wick? Where's Ellen Ripley? Where's Dead or not Deadpool? That's a little bit far fetched, but yeah, <laughs> there are tons of properties that I was expecting to see, and there none of those are visible, even as background characters. It's only Snake Eyes, which does explain why they build it up so much because it was the only thing they pushed for. But kind of a weird decision, but I think it was. I mean, it was great ultimately. Mm-hmm. All right, that's our last news item. It's time for recent acquisitions. 
Jaren, you got a lot of stuff, bud. I this this next one. I, I know I say it the last. I've said it the last three times. This next one should be a lot calmer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you will eventually reach a point where you have. I mean, like you've you've grown your collection so quickly and so aggressively. Yep. That you will eventually reach a point where you're you can no longer like easily afford. Like I don't want to say commons, but you've bought some stuff that's a little bit more on the like affordable side of things, mm-hmm. comparatively speaking, as opposed to like I I bought three things and they were all very expensive. <laughs> so, um, so in the interest of time, I'd like for you to I want you to list everything because I want people to really get a feel for how fast you're growing your collection. Because then you started with nothing when we started the show, yeah. um, and then anything that you feel really like emotionally invested in something that hits you a certain way or something that you're just really, really happy with, especially now that you've had it for a little bit. Well, we'll, we'll set that to the side and we'll talk about it. All right. This isn't as bad as last episode, so that's good at least. So, uh, I got scrap iron, got him complete with his little turret. And I felt like, you know, I, he had to have that little, little missile launcher. Uh, I got a tunnel rat. I got, both major bloods. I've got the I got the original and I got the classified. Who would have thought that the the original would be so much easier than the brand new toy <laughs> coming out? But that's a conversation for a different time. I got a Wolverine, but I did not get Cover Girl yet. So if anyone has a Cover Girl, hit me up. Got Lifeline. Got the Dress Blues Gung Ho, which I got because my brothers in the Marine Corps. So kind of had a little bit of a connection there where i was like hey you know this is cool my brother is a marine he's a marine got uh the annihilator or what i don't remember what he he belongs to a faction i believe right uh the annihilator is is on destros he's like part of mars yeah so got him got a havoc which was banged up in transit so i'll have to get another one unfortunately i got cutter i got a swamp fire one of my favorite pickups recently is I got a Techno Viper, which I did not think was complete, but then when I looked at the package, it actually was complete, so I was pretty happy about that. I love his colors. He's a cool little figure. I got a <laughs> Fun School Croc Master shipped to me all the way from Russia, which is really the whole point of the story was that, hey, it came from Russia, which I think is great. So the next time in, in the future when we do a video episode, you'll see him behind me. I've got him hung up next to my Mint on Card uh, Night Creeper. Night Creeper Volume 2. Version 2, not Volume 2. I got Buzzer. I got Shorefire. I got uh, Swivel Arm 1.5 Grunt Grand Slam. And Stalker, trying to fill out my my original crew. I got a second Mobat. Why? Because they're cool. And because <laughs> I got it for a really good deal. I can't imagine ne- as having as much stuff to pick from as you do. And then being like, I'm going to get a second Mobat. I need another. I need another tank. You don't understand how much I love the Mobat. And it was $25. Complete. That, is a, that is a good deal. So... It was one of those things that I was scrolling through someone's claim sale, and I was like, oh, these are cool, these are cool. And I was like, oh, man, that's that's like a really good deal. Like, I should should probably buy that. Uh, So my biggest one is that I got a Sky Striker, 
and holy cow. When I got to the post office, because, you know, obviously it's not going to fit in my mailbox. I I had never seen one, like, that close. You know, I saw a couple at Joe Fest, but they were, like, on the back of booths. Like, I never really handled it. When I opened that box and <laughs> picked that thing up, the heft to it. Like, I was blown away. And I love it. So that is probably, like, I love my vamps. I love everything. That might be my favorite piece of my collection. Like... An original Sky Striker. It's not all the way complete. I'm missing, uh, I'm missing the parachutes. Which most people, most people are missing the parachutes. Yeah, I'm missing two, the two small front missiles. I need to get another of the rear like fins. Mm-hmm. One of them is got a bent, uh, bent tab. It's not all the way broke off yet, but it doesn't keep it all the way straight. So. Um, I don't know. I might I might see if I can fix it, or I might get another one. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm not insanely jealous that you got a Sky Striker. As someone that has been meticulously restoring one for, for months now, <laughs> and it still has a long way to go, I want an original Sky Striker very badly. And I've never had one. I have the modern release, which is great, but... Uh, <laughs> I want one. I want one badly. I don't think it's in the. I don't think it's in my cards right now. But uh, I got to get one in the near future. I don't have a V1. I don't have a V1 Rattler either. I only have the modern Rattler and the Toys R Us one that came out that's like all gold. Oh yeah. So that's something that I would really like to add to my collection. Also, you've hit some really great like just staples of any collection, like really true like benchmarks in terms yeah, of like. I'm- I'm very thrilled with it. Um, it was one of those things that I had bid on like 10 on eBay. And I was starting to get very irritated because they kept going up really high. And I would mm-hmm. be winning them until the final two seconds. And <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, I was kind of relieved that I didn't win because I was like, that was a lot of money that I would have just spent on this one. Like, I wouldn't have been able to buy any of the other stuff that I bought. Sure. But, uh, and then I found a, a, a guy that was starting to sell some of his collection and we worked together and I got a price that felt uh, unbelievable. You know, so I'm, I'm thrilled. I really appreciate him. You know, he was really great. I I bought that. I bought the Sky Striker. I bought Grand Slam Grunt Stalker, and I bought a a original complete Bats uh, Battle Android Trooper. So I bought all that from him, and it was it was a pretty penny, but I was very I was thrilled with what I got and for the price that I got it. Sorry, is that your first complete Bat? I know you're really big into those. It is my first complete original Bat. That's awesome. Yeah, and it is it's probably my favorite figure that I have. And it's it's probably one of my favorite figures of any line, honestly. Like I just love the design, I love the color. I and I love it. It's got the little the little hologram looking thing on his chest. Yeah, I am also a big fan of V1 Bat and it's probably my favorite troop builder in the GI Joe universe overall. Where are you at with your original 13? How many, like, what have you got and what do you need? You don't have a Scarlet. I know this. I don't have a Scarlet. I don't have a Hawk. I don't have a Snake Eyes. I don't think I have Flash. Are those the only four I'm missing? That's pretty good. Yeah, I've got Grunt, Stealer, Breaker. Uh, There's a bunch. I I, I would have to set them all back up, but I've kind of got them sporadically thrown around. Because I've been taking pictures and moving around my displays scarlet and snake eyes are historically going to always be difficult to get 
Snake Eyes is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And in terms of in the original line, there are only two Scarlet figures. We've talked about this before. There's a version one Scarlet, and then there's the Ninja Force Scarlet, which sucks. <laughs> um, because she doesn't come apart. She has an action feature. It's, uh, it's. I mean, I don't nothing against the design of the character, which I think is has grown on me in years, but it doesn't hold a candle to the original one. And so that one's that one's probably gonna set you back a little bit. It set me yeah. back a little bit for sure. And I got mine a long time ago, and it was expensive then. The the gentleman that I bought the the Sky Striker and the figures from he he had a Scarlet, and I almost got her. Um, but decided against it. I went with, I went with Stalker because I love his character. Um, yeah, great so, figure. Yeah. the The last thing that I'm going to touch on just momentarily because it's not it, it is GI Joe, but it's not GI Joe. Is I got a Street Striker, which is the uh, Street Fighter Vamp, mm-hmm. and it was complete in box, and I was very thrilled with it. I think anytime I know that this the later era '90s stuff is a little bit easier to get like kind of not like in box or uh, with box, I should say maybe. Um, but I, I think it's still old enough now that it there's, it's actually pretty great when you get something like that. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a parasite, uh, in box that I got a long time ago and the parasite is not, I don't think a very popular vehicle cause it's pretty gaudy looking, but it's in such good shape. Like the, I'm, I've had it for a long time already, but I was, I picked it up for like a song, like it was like nothing. So I think that it's cool to get stuff like that, as opposed to trying to find like, like the whale. You know what I mean? Or the the headquarters. Well, you now have a whale box. I do so. have a whale box, and uh, <laughs> and it's great. But yeah, stuff like the Street Striker, which is kind of like a uh, off the. It's like kind of in the that limbo of people that don't consider it to be like true to get Joe stuff. Yeah. It is more obtainable and typically is in, you know, better shape. You can find it in the box and it's in pretty good condition. I do like now I haven't seen the Street Striker in person. I don't maybe ever. I'm looking at the box art for it now. And I do love how the doors have an American flag and then in gigantic letters it has the word guile stamped over top of it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's just on the box art because I don't. I unless the sticker's not on mine. I'm looking at the actual thing as well. It doesn't look like they. I guess that didn't make it past the clearance stage where they're like, "Hey, why is Gal <laughs> over top of the American flag? Did this yeah. come with? A, did this come with a figure or is it just a vehicle? Uh, this is just a vehicle. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a. Uh, I don't I have think a, did it originally come with a Gal? No, it doesn't okay. mention it anywhere on the box. He's just shown in it. Yeah. 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 Um, I have a Chun-Li figure from this series that's meant on card that was like, this is just weird enough that I want it. <laughs> yeah. But, but both of these and the Mortal Kombat, I don't really consider to be part of the, uh, I get them. I was, I will get them when I see them, but I've never mm-hmm. individually sought one of them out. Maybe Vega. Yeah. Cause Vega is my favorite street fighter character. I eventually want to get one of each vamp mold usage. So yeah. even even though it is not GI Joe because it is a vamp, that's what what caught my eye. So I do I do like this. I mean the color scheme on the Street Striker is good. Mm-hmm. Um, the missile launcher is a little much, but it's not outside of the realm of other stuff that came out of the nineties. The the best thing about that top missile launcher is it comes off. So oh, that is <laughs> the I do actual like that. firing missile launcher comes off, so it looks a lot closer to a stinger or an actual vamp. I was just getting ready to say it makes it kind of look like a, just a slightly modern, like a slightly 
variation on a stinger because the missiles mm-hmm. are all side by side as opposed to the like square ratio. Yeah. yeah so I I mean it looks it looks better without that that actual firing missile launcher on it. So you talked a little bit about your original thirteen stuff that you're missing, and obviously I know you've got vamp fever. Always have and always will. Apparently, what mm-hmm. what else is on the like? What else is what else are you looking for? What's you got anything that's like on your mind? Well, I've got a list, and this was big for me. This knocking this out because the number one and number two on my list were Sky Striker with Ace, mm-hmm. which mine has Ace with his helmet, um, and a complete bat. Those are number one and number two. So the ones that I'm looking for, there's some figures that I want, obviously completing my original 13, but I want to get a Flint. I want to get a Falcon. I want to get uh, some of the the more naval-looking characters. So uh, like uh, Wetsuit, Deep Six, Torpedo. Um, and then there's some weird ones. I've got them kind of broke down, uh, like the Hammerhead. I want to get a Hammerhead. Uh, yeah, I like the Hammerhead. And then I want to get a hammer. I want to get, and then there's like the bigger ones where it's like, okay, well, I want a tomahawk. I want a dragonfly. I want the dreadnought ground assault. Good luck with that. We talked about this before. Number one on my list right now, though, is the Crusader. That's that's the number one on my list. Why that? That's such an out. Like, I mean. That's so outside my of what you've been getting. My brain does not work in a normal capacity. <laughs> you do jump around a lot. I, yeah. Like, you'd think that I would stick with, oh, let's get some of the more, like, the original stuff. Um, but no, my brain sees something, and it's just like, I want it. I like the Crusader, and I also think for someone that's in the early stages of collecting, the Crusader is like, well, I'm, the idea of getting a Defiant is almost an impossibility. Mm-hmm. Let me have a piece of that. And that's basically yep. what the Crusader is, right? It's just mm-hmm. like a, it's like a, you know, it uses the, the part of the mold from the Defiant, just a piece of it. But it's a great piece. Like there's, it's a really good collection piece. It really is. Yeah, um, and it'll look cool and different when I display it. Like mm-hmm. it'll kind of be on its own, and it'll be a, a thing that like can be seen. I have a Crusader that is severely yellowed. And I've had it for a very long time. And uh, now that I've had so much luck with my Sky Striker restoration, when this comes out of storage, hopefully sometime this year, I'm going to do the retro bright treatment on it. And I'm going to document it a little bit better because I wasn't expecting A, for, my, for it to turn out so good. And B, there was a significant interest from our audience to learn more about the process. Mm-hmm. So... The Crusader is going to be like next on the chopping block, and I'm going to document how I did it, share it with everybody. I know it's been documented many times before, but it's just something that we're going to kind of go through together. And then that'll give me a chance to be more invested in completing it and restoring it. I have a payload, which is the pilot, and but everything else, uh, I'm not 100% sure what I have and what I don't. I think it's in pretty good condition. It's not missing any doors. so And there's not a ton of pieces to it overall for such a for such a big, I was going to say playset, but for such a big vehicle. I do have one last, one last pickup, only two seconds. Sure. Uh, in the Valor versus Venom neutralizer. Okay, next. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was $1.25, so. I have to look that up. It it looks like a, a, a armadillo. Yep, I have this. Okay. Kind of thing. Well, I'm not going to say you got ripped off because you paid nothing for it. <laughs> 
comes did you get the, did you get a backblast it, it was it was inbox oh that shocker <laughs> somebody bought this and was like ah. yeah so i paid a dollar 25 plus the like 10 dollar shipping so was, was it like, it, was, yeah. it was unopened it was unopened. It was yeah. unopened for a dollar twenty-five. That really speaks yeah. a lot about the Val vs. Venom line. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing. I mean, I, I'm giving it a lot of crap because we, Val vs. Venom is everybody's favorite part of the line to hate on. But there's nothing no. wrong with this vehicle. It's not obnoxiously no. colored. The all the weapons are you know uh, reasonable. They're not like outlandishly. There's no yeah. weird rockets firing out of it. I don't think this back blast is very good. But most no. of the figures from this line weren't. It's fine. Like I said, I've got it's it's in my collection somewhere. I would have just not known what it was when I saw it. It was just one of the many things I picked up during this era. It was one of those things where I go, I went to eBay, sorted by ending soonest. It had like a minute left with no bids, and it was like a dollar twenty five. Okay, there you go. Sure, I'll put I'll put a bid on it, and if I win, okay. All right, so my turn. Yeah. So I only picked up four things in the last few weeks, and. The reason is because everything I picked up was pretty expensive by my standards. But there are also all just substantial additions to my collection. Stuff that I was very excited about. Stuff that I've wanted for a long time. So here we go. First off, I want to say that Jaron got me a major blood classified figure. And I want to take this moment to again thank him publicly. Because without him, I, w- I hit the store multiple, multiple, multiple times trying to get one, and I couldn't. I, even after he got this one, I continued to go because I would like to have one to keep sealed. It just wasn't happening. So thank you, Jaron. Without your help, I wouldn't have this figure, and I would have probably already had to break down to pay and double, triple, triple for sure minimum. I think is still what they're what's going for, and yeah. I and I love it. And it's I mean it's a great figure. I'm very excited to have it. So, <laughs> the first thing on my list is a figure that I've wanted for, I've, I mean, over a decade. Something that I have pursued off and on as the interest in it comes and goes. It's the only international figure I've ever added to my collection. And it's the only one that anybody should have to have. And it is, of course, Outback. Um, Outback, The Outback Tiger Force figure i let me back up a little bit if you're not familiar with international figures in general there are a lot of different variations we talk a lot about the fun school modes the fun school modes are typically the exact same figure and they have been sometimes tweaked a little bit sometimes you'll get a figure like a croc master i've got a flint and they're all i mean they you can tell that it's a fun school but there's a very mild variation the green on croc master is much brighter almost like a neon color um or the plastic quality shows through on fun schools um, but truly, the truly awesome international variants are figures that are either or they took existing molds, s- swapped some parts out, and made a new character. Um, like Black Scorpion comes to mind, or I guess Abutre Negro is how it's pronounced. Probably not how it's pronounced, but that's what this name is. <laughs> that's a figure that I've looked for for a long time. That's a, it's like a five or six hundred dollar figure. <laughs> yeah, um, but they made some Tiger Force figures that didn't get made in the U.S. and of these figures, although they're all pretty cool, some are cooler than others. For example, they made a Tiger Force Psych Out uh, in Europe that was and that's, that was an exclusive, and is I mean, they made a Tiger Force Blizzard that was an international exclusive. And they're just you know if Tiger Force they're just Tiger Force up. They got the Tiger Straps. They got the you know the typical paint scheme, but Tiger Force Outback is substantially different for two reasons. First of all, instead of having the tiger stripes, his t-shirt has been replaced with the giant tiger logo on his chest. 
And secondly, they changed his hair color from red to white. I don't know why that's such a big deal, but it is a big deal. It makes him a very, it changes the context of the figure for me, a character that I have a deep passion for. Outback is one of my all-time favorite G.I. Joes. And that also has been a big build on why I have wanted this figure for a long time. Um, to the point that I have made like, uh, well, the FSS released a modern Tiger Force Outback with white hair, which kind of sent me even further down that rabbit hole where in my Joe verse, I've aged Outback up a little bit to where that white hair has come in naturally. Uh, I even wrote, I made a custom where he has a daughter now that's old enough to join the team and like it's a whole thing. I, uh, uh, anyway, I've wanted this figure for forever and he's expensive. All international figures are kind of expensive. Um well, anyway, I found a guy on Facebook that was that was an international seller, and he was doing an auction style for this Outback, and he was it was complete, which is insane for me, uh, especially when you consider that Outback has like a little flashlight that's very commonly lost, and I'm going to be upfront and tell you how much I paid for it, but before I do that, if you are my wife, you are legally required to turn off the podcast now, otherwise <laughs> uh, it's considered entrapment. I know this because I studied law. And order SVU now available on DVD. <laughs> so this out, this complete Outback was $190 with international shipping. And that is a lot of money for me. And if it's not a lot of money for you, consider donating to our show. <laughs> uh, it's above, I mean, I guess, I, you know, I spend a lot of money on convention figures around this time. And $100 to $200 is pretty normal for a con figure, especially the ones that I'm missing at this point. This was still a pretty big a pretty big purchase. And I knew that it was going to limit what I would get the rest of the, you know, for a month or two, but I've wanted it forever. It was, it's in phenomenal shape. It is one of the best looking figures that I have. Everything is perfect about it. Uh, and to have it complete is even better. It's a figure that I will put in a display case that I will. It's like, it's that high on my list of like, I'm again, I've never had an international figure and this is the one that I've always wanted. So I'm ecstatic. I mean, like I just, I look at it now and I can't explain the feeling that washes over me. It's I've added something to my collection my uh, collection that modestly I'll say is very large. And this is something that I'm like, this is something I'll display because I'm so proud of it and I'm so happy to have it. It's so such anyway. a cool looking figure too. Like it, <laughs> it really is. It is a great it, figure. Everything from the way they changed the color scheme on his pants, like he is a standout of the Tiger Force editions. And I would like to get other international figures. There's a Mutton Junkyard international figure that's not it's not a Tiger Force one, but it's got a different paint scheme that I am also very like into. But this was the one that I have wanted for a long time, probably since I found out about it. So anyway, I've added it to my collection. I'm sure you can tell by the inflection of my voice that I am genuinely wowed that I've added it to my collection after all these years. So the other thing I picked up is something that I've never had in my collection. It's something that I've wanted for a really long time. And it's something that I've looked at multiple times. And it's a mauler. I found this dude also on Facebook. I've had a lot of Facebook luck lately. It was kind of everything that I needed. So he... It came with the it came with the driver heavy metal. Uh, it was like ninety, I'll say ninety eight percent complete. It has almost everything. The only thing that's missing are there's two small antenna on the back of the mauler, and one of them's missing and one is broken off. And everything else is there. The dirt guards. There's like grenade launchers that go on it. There's not a ton of stuff, but there's like mud flaps on the back that are kind of easily lost. 
everything else was there. And I don't specifically remember how much I paid for it, but it was a good deal. It was under a hundred dollars and which is pretty solid as of where this is at right now. So dude was real cool. And he was like, this is mine. I've had it for a long time. And I was like, well, you know, you're, it's going to a collection, a good collection. And I've never had one. I've never even played with one before. And those are the best kind of vehicles for me. So he shipped it and I got it. And it was the first time I'd had it in my hand. And I love it. I had seen a lot of hype around the Mauler for a couple of years now where people or like it has gone up in value quite a bit to where it's one of the more valuable tanks, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had already had a heavy metal. I have a heavy metal and I have the like alternate. There's like an exact mold of him that's with only the most subtle of difference. And his name is Rampage. I might be getting their names interchanged. But anyway, there are two figures that look almost exactly the same. There's And one of them is called Heavy Metal. And one of them is called Rampage. One of them has a five clock shadow. One of them doesn't have a microphone. That's about the only two big difference. And one of them came with the Mauler and one of them didn't. The other was a Mellowway exclusive. Anywho, I got this. It's in great shape. It has almost everything. I immediately went on eBay and bought the two antennas that were missing because somebody makes repro parts of them. And I'm all about that right now. Uh, it already had a tow cable that had been re- that was a reproduction. And guess what? That's fine, baby. <laughs> as long as it has it, all the better. I'm not going to sweat myself. I'm not sweating myself on the small details of this stuff right now because I've still have so much stuff I need to bring in and there's still so much stuff I need to complete. So I'm not going to sweat the details, but getting those two antenna, I, got, I don't know. They're not here yet, but I paid like probably $10 for both of them. I got them from the same seller. So I was like, perfect. So anyway, I added a mauler. Oh, also let me divert this a little bit. The dude was like, I don't know if it runs. I didn't test it. Well, if you do a lot of, if you buy a lot of stuff on eBay or whatever, that is basically code for it. Don't work, baby. (laughs) I just don't want to come out and say it, but I wasn't sweating that. Honestly, it didn't, it doesn't really matter to me if it worked, but if it, if it did work or could work, then I'm all about that. So the first thing I discovered is there's a very little documentation on the internals of the mauler. So, but, I went ahead and dig in anyway, thinking, well, what have I got to lose? So I disassembled the Mauler. It comes apart in half, and there's a, a small rectangular box that powers the treads. It's very rudimentary. Like, it is extremely basic. And I took that box apart so you could see all the gears. The way that the Mauler is powered is pretty weird, if I'm understanding it correctly. So initially, it didn't run at all. It didn't do anything. But I could tell it was getting power because I cleaned out the battery pack, cleaned off the contacts where there was some residue, and could tell that something was happening. But the problem was somewhere else. So I took all the gears off. I took pictures of everything. I took it apart. I cleaned it all very thoroughly. And then it started to turn, the wheels were turning again. So it was like the corrosion had gotten into the gears and gunked everything up. So I was like, oh man, I fixed it. Huge deal, right? A, it runs again. B, I did it myself. Well, not quite. <laughs> so the way that the Mauler works is it has uh, like fast and I guess super fast or something to that extent. And <laughs> fast is just the gears turn everything. It turns one gear, which turns multiple gears, and those turn the, the treads. When you go from super fast to regular fast, it moves one of those gears out of the interlocking system. So it has one less gear to turn so it can't turn as powerful and i should not understate that this thing 
whips. Like when it's <laughs> running, it is because the motor has to spin one single gear that spins all the other gears. So it has to apply a ton of pressure to this one single gear to get everything else to work. So the issue that I had with it was when I apply pressure to this gear, it's so substantial that it literally pushes itself apart. Like it pushes the whole packaging out. It pushes the gears off of the where they're mounted. I even got so desperate as to glue the gears down so to keep it in place so it would turn. And even that wouldn't hold it. Like the amount of pressure is just outlandish. So <clears throat> long story short, I couldn't fix it, basically. I fixed it to a certain degree. I, I couldn't get it to function the way I wanted it to. The closest I got was I could, at some point, get it to turn on, and it would move, but it would either be impossible to turn off because the mechanism wasn't locking in place correctly, or it would pop those gears out like when I picked it up. So I just was like, all right, well, I'm going to kind of walk away from it for a while. I'm going to rethink it. And then if you have input on this, I would love to hear from you. Or I, I guess the second option is I will be in the market for a working motor and that I would just replace the entire piece altogether. But it's not something that I have a sense of urgency about. It's just something that's kind of in the back of my mind. If I get a wild hair to dig back in or somebody writes me and says, hey, you should try this. It you know, could work then I might give it another go. I do know lubrication is a big part of this gear process that they're supposed to be able to move in and out very easily. So that could be a big part of the obstacle was that they're, they don't have enough, like there's not enough fluidity there for it to turn easily. And that's because I had to clean all that corrosion out. So there's no like grease on the wheel, just so to speak. But it was fun to learn. I didn't lose anything. It didn't work before. It still didn't work, but it's complete and it looks great. So I have no regrets about it overall. You put in work on that thing. Yeah, dude, I've sending you pictures and circling things. I was watching <laughs> I was watching YouTube the YouTube videos that were out there uh weren't really about restoration or repair. Um it was more about like uh converting it to uh, for other purposes. Like uh there's a great guy whose name eludes me right now who's turned who was using it to like make a RC version of it, which is That's phenomenal. Cool. It's phenomenal work, but it just wasn't what I needed. And there was a guy on his tank from a long time ago that had was selling his and he took his apart and took pictures of it for reference which was also kind of useful to make sure that I had everything in the right place mm-hmm. and not for nothing the, you know a lot of people uh cannibalize those motors for other to make one working when they'll buy one that's not working and take parts out i'm not missing anything it's just it's just not quite there regardless great addition to my collection uh, not something that I had been actively pursuing for a long time, but certainly something that I am very happy to have. I love that it has, as opposed to the Mobat, which I also love and was one of my very first vehicles. You can't top that ever, but the Mauler has two little like flaps where guys actually sit inside the vehicle and they can cover their head as opposed to the Mobat where the Steeler basically is like sitting on the very top, standing out <laughs> anybody, anywhere could shoot him in the head. Um, <laughs> so I, I like it. I, I mean, it's great. They look phenomenal side by side. So I'm pretty ecstatic about that. Okay. Last thing I bought. So I have been looking at this for a long time. Um, there's a gentleman whose name is Victor Garcia who in 2017 started designing a prototype for a Cobra USS flag. And the name of this project is the Venomous Sea Serpent. And 
basically it's what it sounds like. He has designed something that is an aircraft carrier for Cobra. And if you've never seen it before, it has to be seen to be believed because it's probably one of the most ambitious fan created things I've ever seen. And I have, I've wanted one for a long time. I've wanted one for so long that when he was selling the bridge kits, which is basically just like the cabin of it that has all the computers and stuff in it, I bought one. And then he released the actual, like, everything else part, like the actual aircraft carrier part. And it was just outside of my price range. I'm not saying it wasn't worth it. I'm not saying that the, you know, that the price doesn't justify the materials. It was just, I simply could not pull the trigger on it because I did not have the money. Well, he is celebrating, uh, I guess, seven, 17, four, his four-year anniversary. And so I, he was like running a deal and I reached out to him and I was like, I'm interested in this. This is kind of within my price range. I said, but I'll need to do, I'll need to break this payment up. Uh, and so, and he was very easy to work with. I think Victor is a very great guy. I haven't talked to him at great length about it because I, I, he's a busy dude, obviously. But what he's done is beyond ambitious because it's there's actualization behind it where you can see it. And so I made two payments and to to complete it he shipped it to me right away comes in a huge box and it's a huge thing like i'll have i'll have several pictures on our youtube channel if this is where you're listening to it and we when jaron and i assemble this uh, we're going to make a video as well so you can kind of join us on that journey i don't think it's going to come in the near future because i have no idea where to put it right now but the venomous sea serpent is essentially completely open source he has laid out the groundwork for what it should look like and he is encouraging everybody that has one to make changes or customize it in any way that suits you. He has made one that has like lower decks that have all kinds of stuff in it. There are people that have added like lighting to it or they there's a guy that's working on a custom one right now that's going to be like a space station. It's it's great and it's again one of the best creator projects to date. And I'm proud that I was able to get it while, you know, there's only so many of them produced and I'm happy to add it to my collection. It wasn't something that I was certain that I was ever going to be able to get. So getting it and the excitement of assembling it and customizing it, I think is going to be a lot of fun because that's something Jaren and I can work on together and where we'll both have input on. I mean, we get to, you have to paint it and assemble it and customize it. And it's going to be crazy. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be pretty ambitious and then I'll, you know, you have, I'll finally have a place to, I think anybody that has a a flag uses it for storage additionally. And I'm no different. If you have flat based vehicles, you're like, well, of course I'm going to put it here. So one pro to the VSS is that when I do get it assembled and find somewhere for it, I'm like Rattler, Fang, Night Raven, Trouble Bubble. Like I'm like, I can fill it up with all this stuff. And then that's one less, you know, I'll, I'll finally have somewhere to put that stuff. Yeah. I think in a perfect world, I'd like to find a, I figure out a way to, for the sea serpent and the flag to coexist one on top of the other, like storage wise, but that's probably going to require a custom piece of shelving based on the metrics of it. And until I have the exact measurements to see how much bigger the sea serpent is than the flag, I can't really make that call. Um, 
uh, there's going to be a, there has to be a lot of something's going to get displaced and I have to figure out how to make it work appropriately. But anyway, those are the things that adds in my collection. It wasn't uh, quantity wise, wasn't much, but quality wise, it was far exceeded, you know, things that I normally am lucky to pick up. Last time we had one of these, I was like, well, I picked up a buzz borer and that was a real, that was an experience. This time I actually added stuff to my collection that I'm like uh, over the moon about. We're getting pretty close to the phase where the gentleman that's designing the shelves for my room will be ready to actually start some execution on them. And I've, so I'm starting to make steps to move things around in my room to clear this wall out because that's going to be a pretty big undertaking for me to have all my figures on display uh, for the first time in since we moved basically and it'll be the most impactful display of those figures i've ever had i've never had them all together in one spot and will be a great opportunity for me to reorganize how my collection is displayed and look at anything that might be missing especially from these middle and later years that i'm wanting to add to it so i'm really excited to start that journey uh and i was promised that it will be done by the end of summer so that's you know here we are. Let's. I'm ready to get cracking. I did. I posted a thing on Twitter uh, where I bought some pegboard and put some pegboard up in my closet and started hanging some of my carded figures. And that's all part of this process where I'm trying to clear everything that's lining this wall out now as we start to get the uh, infrastructure set up to get the figures up. I love displaying lots of GI Joe stuff, but having the figures out is like. That's my must. Uh, that's the one thing that I always, if I can't get anything else out, I have to have my figures on display because I enjoy looking at them, organizing them, being able to pick figures up and off the shelf and kind of play with them or organize them. Or if I'm writing stories that involve those figures, I like to be able to look at them. Mm-hmm. That's it. So that's my recent acquisitions. Um, and that is, brings us to the end of our episode, which also runs very long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so we appreciate you hanging in there with us for this. Maybe this will just be the new standard that these episodes will have to be a little longer, at least until the news dies down a little bit or until we run out of money and we don't have any recent acquisitions for a while. <laughs> or until my wife just decides to off me <laughs> spending too much money. And then I will show up and I will take all your stuff and add it to my collection. <laughs> it's the code of the collector. Yeah, there you go. That's what he would have wanted. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, we've had a lot of people reach out in the last couple of weeks. Again, a lot of new listeners, which is greatly appreciated. I can't tell you how exciting and uh, invigorating it is for someone to reach out and say, hey, this is the, you know, I just started listening to you guys. I'm working through your back catalog. I love your content. What a an amazingly thoughtful thing for someone to do to two, you know, rookie podcasters that are just trying to do something that make content that is enjoyable for us to make and for people to listen to. So thank you. We appreciate you so much. You will never know uh, how much it means to, for, to get support like that in a message format. It really is a big deal. You can reach us on our socials at anything Joe's pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us on YouTube at, at anything Joe's and you can email us directly at anything Joe's pod at gmail.com. And like I said, we'd love to hear from you. If there's something that we're not covering that you'd like to hear, if there's something that we said that's a mistake, you can write and let us know. We, I'm open to all kinds of feedback, basically. And we are appreciative of everybody that listened to the last episode covering the Origin of October Guard. And we are looking forward to closing that two-parter in just two short weeks. And we hope you'll join us then, because anything's available for discussion here on Anything Joe's. 
Thank <laughs> you.